0: Well, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the various forms of mom that are out there. We just want to honor the moms who are foster moms. We want to honor the dads who serve as both moms and dads to their kids. We want to honor the people who make themselves moms on others' behalf. They just adopt some kids in the neighborhood or adopt somebody that they know doesn't have that kind of support. We want to honor the moms that have given birth, and we want to honor the moms who have adopted. They've chosen their children Uh, sacrificially offered by other moms. So we just want to honor all of you today. And could you just give it up one more time for all of them today? Yeah. Today we're closing the family album, you could say. Now we're not going to put it in the attic, but we're just putting it back on the shelf for a little while. In this uh, study we've been doing called the Awkward Family Photos, and We're going to look at honoring our parents today, and I was 39 years old when my dad died at age 64, and in the past seven years, we've said goodbye to both of Jared's parents, um, one of them 90 and one of them 91, and um, my mom's lived with us for 20 years, and we've gotten to share life together. But I can say that today to say that this is a really boots-on-the-ground talk for me today, something near and dear to my heart. But also I can say that there's a big block of it that's in the rearview mirror. Um, There's still things ahead to experience. But I I wanted you to know that because I, you know that I've asked my mom, who um, I call my national treasure, I asked her to share a little with us about her and dad's journey in teaching the six kids they had how to honor their parents. Would you take a look with me?
1: Well, we, we married when we were 21, and 14 months later, we had our first child. At the end of those first eight years, we had six children. 25 grandchildren and 47 great-grandchildren and one on the way. (laughs) We were enforcers. (laughs) No. um, We both agreed on discipline and chores and we expected them to follow through. That doesn't mean they always did. It was very chaotic at times. But um, we backed each other up. Well, that was one of his strongest points as far as I was concerned. He um, he didn't allow any of, the, of you to sass or talk back to me.
0: <laughs> or else.
1: Or else, that's right. (laughs) I expected all of you to respect him and to do the best you could. And we always made a special effort on his birthday, his Christmas every year. Um, And little ways... He had a special chair. It was dad's chair and uh, he had a big popcorn bowl and the rest of us, you know, had the smaller ones. We both honored our own parents the same way. Maintain the relationship even if it isn't easy. If you have parents that are struggling to realize that they are People just like you and I, and, and you have to forgive them. <clears throat> All of my great-grandkids um, know me and love me or, and remember me. And although I'm not real close with some of them, um, for instance, Malia, Saturday, told me, she came up, she's six years old and has only seen me a few times, but she came up and gave me a hug and said great grandma, I have your blankie on my bed <laughs> I think that as you hit about 80 you there is a beginning of a subtle shift in your relationship and sort of a reversal Well, it is the first commandment with a promise and over the years I've seen that played out in families in so many lives Um, so I would just say maintain your relationships even if it isn't easy it doesn't say honor your parents if they're perfect parents it says honor your parents period
0: That's off to my mom right here. <laughs> now you have to know what she said when she saw that video. She said, "Oh, I don't like it. I look so old." <laughs> she's eighty-seven, and she still thinks she's twenty-seven. I'm going to follow in your footsteps, Mom. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, did you notice they might have been busy there the first eight years? Six kids in eight years. That, that's a lot. Well, today the big idea is this, that honoring our parents pleases God, and it helps you and I to express the same grace that God's shown us, that whatever our performance, he loves us and cares about us. So we not only share the same grace with our parents that we've received from God, but it's good for us, too. It's good for us. So I want to take a look with you at three things about honoring our parents today. First, we want to just look at what does it mean to honor and why is it so important? Secondly, how do we honor and how does that express itself differently over the seasons of life that we experience as we all grow older together, our kids and the parents, right? And then lastly, what are the promises and benefits that are connected to honoring that God's made clear about? You ready to dive in? All right. Well, let's take a look first at what it means to honor and why that's so important. Honoring our parents is a big deal to God. And from the early pages in his big story, the Bible, he makes it clear that parents in all of our imperfections should be honored. It's the fifth commandment in the middle of ten commandments that are really called the rules for living that God delivered to his kids through his leader, Moses. And it's often referred to, as my mom did, the first commandment with a promise. And that promise piece is really important. I want to highlight that at the beginning, because when we say, why is it so important? It's entirely linked to this. The promise piece helps us understand God's intentions for this commandment, why he's telling us to do it, not asking us, why he's telling us to do it, not inviting us to do it. Why did he do that? He did it for our good, not just our parents' good. This isn't about just making our parents feel better, which is an awesome thing to do too. It's about more than that. It's about living the life God designed for you. And he knows that it's within reach, but that this is one of the links to it. And so that's why he's done it. So let's read the first place this commandment shows up. In God's word, it's in Exodus 20, verse 12, this commandment, the fifth in the list, while Moses is reciting them to the children of Israel. Here's what it says, not new words. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then you jump to the New Testament, and there's a whole bunch of places where Jesus brings it up, but Paul also repeats it in Ephesians 6, 1 and 3. Where he says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. So what does honor mean? Honor means to give weight to someone else's life. To give weight to it. What do we mean? To ascribe importance and value for someone to express respect. But this is the deal. Honor is not a feeling that you have first. Honor is a moral choice. It's a moral choice, and our relationship with our parents will change across the years. But honor is what I call the moral nucleus of that relationship, the center of it. And honor is a decision that we make to treat our parents with respect, appreciation, and acts of loving devotion. Now, I like to take a definition and just whittle it down to the barest of words if I can, just the way I talk versus the way maybe a, a dictionary might talk. And I just say to honor is to communicate with our attitude, actions, and our words how much someone matters. How much someone matters. And in this case, our parents. So God commands us to do this for our parents, our imperfect parents, our parents that don't know Jesus yet, our parents who may have hurt us or helped us in really profound ways. You see, honoring is not about a performance approval system. It is not about approving of their performance, but rather it is giving them respect and devotion in spite of their performance. That's what God has chosen to do for us. Aren't you glad? He's not grading us every day. So honor isn't about grading our parents and deciding they get an A today. It's a decision we make to express their real value, the value God's assigned to them. So Jesus took this commandment really seriously, so much so that he chewed out the scribes and the Pharisees because they were trying to get around it. They were trying to look for the loophole, if you will, in honoring your parents. Matthew 15, verses 3 through 5, records it for us. Jesus is talking to him, and it says, he replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. So what's going on there? Well, the scribes and the Pharisees, which were the religious leaders of the day, they had resources that should have been used to help their parents out that should have been used to help care for their parents and honor their aging parents. But instead of doing that, they created traditions that overrode this commandment of God in their lives. And in this case, they took those resources and they labeled them dedicated to God. Now, they didn't give up control of them, mind you, but they put that label on them, dedicated to God. And their parents went without And Jesus wasn't happy with them. This, in other words, was their own what I call religious version of opening a bank account in the Cayman Islands and titling it for missions. Okay? Jesus not only talked the talk on this, but he walked the walk. In fact, the most amazing story of honoring really in my book is found in John 19, verses 25 through 27. It says this, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her in, to his home. Wow. When I put myself in this story, every time I read it, I am amazed at the lengths Jesus went to, to honor his mom. You see, what is he looking down from? He's looking down from the cross. He's hanging on the cross, and he takes that moment to assign the care of his mom to his, this disciple he loved, John, and vice versa, her being a mom to him this amazes me. You see, honoring our parents matters to God, and it's an expression of the greatest commandment, that we're to love God with all we've got, our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And believe it or not, that title of parent doesn't exclude you from that category. You are worthy of that same love. So how do we honor and express that honor across the seasons of life? Well, we honor our parents with our attitude, our actions, and our words. And I'd like to unpack each of those for just a moment with a couple of examples, and then we'll look about across the seasons of our lives. So we honor our parents with an attitude of respect. Proverbs 1.8 says this, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now, listen in this verse means more than just hear the words they're saying, but it means Pay close attention to your parents' guidance and instruction. And the word teaching there means to point or direct in a particular way, in the right direction. So last week, Jared described these four stages in parenting. And remember, we're talking about from the kid's view, honoring the parents, but he talked about the parent's taking care of, raising their kids. And in that was this second stage called Monarch, where the mom and dad are king and queen. And basically, they're laying out the rules. And we know this is a lot of the bulk of time that kids are at home um, is in this stage. They're telling them, These are the this is the way the Roths live. Or as in my case, this is the way the Witwers are going to live. And um, mom alluded to the fact they were quite good at this as the enforcers. So they let us know what we had to do. But the point is that our parents are pointing us in the right direction in this phase. And Proverbs says that one of the ways that we honor our parents is that we listen to them. We hear them and we take what they say seriously. Proverbs twenty three twenty two adds another idea to that when it says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. To despise someone is to disrespect them or to disparage them, to treat them as though they're worth less or worth very little to you. And when we listen to our parents' wise counsel and we show respect and regard for that, then we are showing them that they matter, that they are valuable. So I want to think with you for just a moment about what are some other ways that our attitudes are expressed as respectful. Some other ways that we do that rather than disparaging toward our parents. First of all is to give our parents the benefit of the doubt. Your parents ask you to do something or you see your parents doing something or you're not up on what's going on and how do you fill in the blanks? And what I'm saying is love believes the best. And so part of respecting our parents and our attitudes is to give them the benefit of the doubt when we're not sure what's really going on. Secondly, respect their opinions so there's a couple of things about respecting opinions because, you know, we can do all the right things on the outside, meaning we don't do the eye roll. Any of you ever did the eye roll with your parents? Okay, you tried not to let them see it because in our family that would have resulted in immediate consequences. But no, no to the eye roll or, as my mom mentioned, sassing back. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's going to be met with some uh, swift response as well. So you don't do that, but what's going on in your head? When your parent shares their opinion, I think this was really tested during this recent political season where so many different issues came up. It was very difficult even within families for everybody to agree. So here's the checklist. What was your internal self-talk when your parents shared that opinion? Because you know Jesus always took the bar higher to how we're thinking in our heads about that. So I maybe didn't do the eye roll or, and I maybe didn't talk back in a disrespectful way, but in my head I was going, Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's a really stupid idea. I know none of you have ever done that. Okay, number three is to pray for our parents. Pray for them. We can be the leader in that. We don't have to wait for our parents to know Jesus, to ask for prayer, anything else. But pray for our parents. This is a part of the respect for who they are. And then love them into the kingdom if they don't know Jesus. And I got to do that with my dad, and it was... A profound experience. And fourthly is to be a peacemaker. My dad had a philosophy that you don't apologize to your kids, um, that he didn't need to do that because he was the parent. It's just one of his little quirky beliefs. But here's the deal. You can be the leader in forgiving and apologizing. And did you know that God set us free? We we can forgive without ever receiving an apology for something. And it's, in fact, necessary if we want to be set free, if we want to live a free life and open relationship with our parents. So I encourage you, um, be the best apologizer and forgiver you can be. That's who God made us to be, a peacemaker. So we honor with an attitude of respect, and we honor with acts of loving devotion. And Romans gives us this brief description of how to do that in Romans 12.10. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And what that's really saying is that if when we go second, we win at love. When we go second. And that means not just other people who are sometimes easier for us to do this for than our own parents. But when we go second, we win at loving our parents. So putting them first, preferring them in love. Jesus was our amazing example of this. He's done it for us over and over again. And so are a lot of you as parents. You've done that for your kids. But kids toward our parents we get to do that as well so we remember them on their special days we claim them on their worst day not just their best days we treat them with courtesy even when we disagree and we do what's best for them regardless of the cost to ourselves so my dad started this wonderful tradition for my mom for her birthday Um, all of us kids were school age by this time and he took us all to school and mom went off to her job as school nurse and then he picked us all up about a half hour later, and he brought us back to the house. And that day, we skipped school, and we cleaned the house from top to bottom. You have to know that my mom's birthday was two weeks before Christmas. And we cleaned the house from top to bottom, scrubbing and waxing the floors, polishing the wood floors, you name it. Everything in the house was clean. And then we made her birthday cake, and then we made her birthday dinner. And when she came home, the party was ready to begin, and the house was ready for Christmas. And this was a tradition that continued until we graduated. In fact, my mom really missed it when we all left home. (laughs) All of this, we really had it in our minds how important my mom was because of this. She mattered. And Dad helped us see that with just that one special day. We can do that too. Then finally... We honor not only with our attitude, not only with our acts of loving devotion, but we honor with our words of appreciation. And, you know, when we think appreciation, a lot of times we think thank you. And how many of us would like to get thank yous as parents? Yeah, I mean, that's good. You can't really get too much of that. But here's the deal. It's more than that. Because sometimes just thank you can be kind of tough, you guys. Sometimes not everything that's been going on can be thanked for. But there are some things that you can still appreciate, okay? And this is the thing, appreciation is about acknowledging what they get right and what they do well, not just in their parenting, but in life. In life, they're people too, and we can take a look at that. So if there's a struggle for you in doing this because of your own story with your parents, I recommend that you sit down, if you have some siblings, sit down with them and purposely start a conversation about this. Hey, can you tell me some of the things you noticed that mom and dad did really well as people, not just parents, and start that conversation. Sit down with Jesus and let him excavate a little. He will show you things. It's amazing how you can always find something. You might need a little help even more, right? Because some of us have more rugged stories than others. And there's a book um, that I read a number of years ago, still have. It was written in 2002. It's called What My Parents Did Right. And it's 50 kids just talking about the cool stuff their parents did right. It's all over the map in terms of ideas, but that's the point. It might get you thinking, wow, yeah, my parent did that too, and that can really help you. Well, there's always something to appreciate our parents, and one of the things I learned early on in life is the more specific you can be when you're expressing this, the more meaningful it is for the person. So one of the things I got to do um, when I was in college um, was to just write, you know, send cards to my dad and to my mom and this card was for my dad and it was just telling him what things that he and mom did that were so done so well things that I appreciated the first one was this that they taught us to value experiences over stuff they always made those experiences with people more important than the stuff that we had secondly thanks Dev, for helping us drive the back roads my dad didn't take a direct route to anywhere I mean, if there was a road meandering off, we took it. You remember those Sunday drives? Some of you grew up with those. We had those in abundance, and they always involved a lot of back roads. And thirdly was just thanks for always making room around our table for one more. Because, you know, our family, we didn't just invite, you know, two people over for Thanksgiving. We invited the family with eight kids, and we had our six kids plus our extended family plus other family members that we adopted. And there was always room around our table for more. So that was another thing. And another one was that, thanks, Dad, you taught me how to love and appreciate the outdoors. So I think you're getting the idea that this is things that they did well, whether directly involved our parenting or not, their parenting or not. So what does it look like then to honor our parents in these ways across the seasons of life when our relationship's changing? If honor is the moral nucleus, that decision we make all the way through, what does it look like? And when our parents are different ages and need different things. So you have the graph there on your handout, and I think it's on the screen as well. And you can look at that. That's those four stages for the parent. But what I want to look at is now not the parent roles up there as nurse, king, coach, and friend, but what's a child to do all through those stages. And I want to add to this because, you see, there's an area of life that the church doesn't like talking about. In fact, the culture doesn't like to talk about. It's called end of life. It's called the final stage. And uh, before we go to be with Jesus. And I want to add that one to it. So I want to just highlight some things, some application of how to honor across these seasons. Let's talk about that first one, that nurse stage. Remember, Jared said that this is when the kids, you know, poop, pee, cry, and uh, eat and repeat, you know. And let's face it, they're, they're, they can't really communicate anything during this stage. So I want to tell you what's meaningful about the nurse stage. It's this that appreciation should be expressed at some date far into the future. And I want to say, parents, if you're waiting for this, don't hold your breath. Because it usually takes until the kids have their first child. And that's when they really realize, oh, man, the sleeplessness. That one right alone deserves like kissing of the feet. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, that, that should be there. And so that's the big deal from that stage. And that's one you can look forward to when your kids have kids. You just have to hang on to that right now, parents. So let's move to the monarch stage. How do you honor your parents when they're laying down the rules of the kingdom? Well, first of all, obedience. And as parents, would you all agree, I mean, preferably without an attitude? Okay, but how many of you'd say, I'll take obedience with or without the attitude, right? I mean, that's essential. So that's one thing. And that's what Paul was referring to in Ephesians 6:1, because it's an expression of honor. It isn't the only way to honor. Secondly, is gratitude at this stage. Isn't it true? You want your kids to be thankful for the food they get, the clothes they have, the toys they get. You want your kids to be thankful for the roof over their heads. This is where you bring up the starving children and name the country. Uh, you know, I'm saying that you know I did hear a few of those growing up. Uh, so this gratitude, and thirdly remember the special days. And my parents were really fantastic about this. It's something that I strove to do across with our kids as well. But I can still remember the, one of the first things I made because my dad would not let us go out and buy with his money gifts for my mom. We had to either A, earn it some way, or B, we had to make them something, something that was in our realm. So I remember my first gift, it was two toilet paper You know, centers, okay? And I took those and attached them to a piece of cardboard and kind of colored the whole thing. And then I used glitter and glue and wrote pens and pencils. Yes, a wondrous sight. That's what you want your pens and pencils in, right? A toilet paper roll. But my mom was so amazing and she put that puppy out. Now, I don't remember how long it lasted. Probably not long. Thankfully, in her mind, probably. She had that out on display proudly. During that time, And this was just something that we were, were taught. And in the monarch stage, remembering the special days in the ways your parents love, that's important and powerful. So let's talk about the coach stage of life. And you know this is when p- kids, when we're pulling away from our parents, that's kind of painful as parents, uh, because you know you just love those critters. they're so amazing, and you, you're starting to develop a friendship as well. And one of the first things I'd say there is presence. And I'm talking about being present when they would like you to be present, not necessarily at what you think is important, but what they think is important. And I say this because of the pulling away. It just means so much when your child wants to be with you for something. So being with your parent for something that matters to them. Secondly is ask advice. It's so special during the coaching phase because coaches tell you what to do too. Coaches do offer advice. They don't just wait to be asked. But that's what makes asking advice so special, kids. So uh, kids in this stage, is so important. Ask for advice from time to time. And then listen. Make wise choices. I don't know a parent on planet Earth that doesn't feel more honored. They go like, yes, they're getting it. Woo! You know, it's party time. Of course, you don't let your kids see this. It wouldn't be cool. But making wise choices is a huge way to honor your parents. And then lastly, acknowledge what your parents do right and well, as we talked about. At the coaching stage, you should be moving that direction. We're able to start separating your parents as people, your parents as parents. Okay? This is where that starts. Now we go into the friend stage. And I want to say that this is where kids fully recognize that the parents are people too. But I want to tell you that some adult children never make it here. You see, some adult children... Their primary view toward their parents remains, what can you do for me? Now, there's nothing wrong with reciprocity. That's what friendship, healthy friendship is about. But it is not all about taking. So I want to mention three things in the friend stage that really honor mom and dad. One of those is to maintain the connection. Conversations, shared experiences, special days, other milestones, and And replacing screen time with uh, people time, I would say, is a real highlight. So one of our moms, in fact, she's here today right there, Happy Mother's Day Treasure, has a mom blog called treasuredmoms.com. And on that, she shared this really fun tool. It's this online service called StoryWorth. And with a membership, which is very inexpensive, it's a one-time payment for the year, they send your mom or your dad or any other family member you set it up with one question a week. And they respond to it online, and um, then they send it back. And they send it out to all of the family people you've invited. So in my case, the six kids would all get this story that my mom's written um, that week. And then those stories over the year are compiled into a bound book. And at the end of the 52 weeks, you receive a bound book with all 52 stories or responses to the questions. Um, and, and that's just such a cool way to maintain the connection, especially if your mom lives further from you and is away from you. Secondly, is to understand what your parents need from you. This is why maintaining the connection becomes even more important. Because did you know that as we age, we underreport what we need? We underreport it. And so if you don't have some presence time with your parents, you might miss out. being able to understand what's really going on with them. What do they really need from me right now? Great friendships are built on this. Reciprocity, it's called. We each help the other. We each do things for each other. And then thirdly, regular acts of forgiveness, kindness, and love. And how many of us couldn't use more of that, right, across our life? We'd all vote for more of that. So here's the deal. As our parents age, there is this role reversal that starts As my mom mentioned. And what I've seen is that if you're looking at your graph, we go backward through the stages. So we become um, their, we start with going backwards with the friend stage, then we become their coach. And that coaching might be warning them of the current internet scam that they need to avoid, it might be um, helping them with a financial decision that they would like to have help with, it might be um, helping them make a, a financial decision that they'd like some input on. But it also might be that from time to time, we start moving and phasing over into more of the monarch phase, where now the child is get laying down some rules for the parents, okay? And my mom mentioned one that we laid down for her, which is, mom, you d- you can't drive to Yuma anymore by yourself. Is that so unreasonable? No. <laughs> And she accepted that, and I thank you for that, Mom. (laughs) And um, things like coming to doctor's appointments with them, maybe scheduling them if the menu is too overwhelming because we never get a person anymore, right? You get a a computerized menu. Maybe it's asking about, do you need some help with your banking or your bank account managing that? It's finding out what they need. And that brings us to this end-of-life stage where connection Appreciation and help are the three big things. So I talked to my sister Patty, who is a hospice nurse in El Paso, Texas. She um, works with she worked with twenty three patients the last two weeks, and eight of them died during that time. She gets to help a lot of people with end of life, and she's at a residential facility for hospice, so um, there's a lot involved with that. And I want to just give you her tips. This is the part we don't want to talk about because we don't like to think about the end, the goodbye till, till heaven. First of all, be truthful. Don't make promises that you can't keep. And she said she sees a lot of people think, well, my, my parents' memory isn't as good as it was, even Alzheimer's patients or patients with some form of dementia. And she said one family continued to promise their dad that they were going to take him home. So every week, it's the one thing he did remember. He would place himself at the entrance sitting on a bench with his hat in his hand, waiting for him. And it was her that got to tell him that wasn't going to happen week after week. Secondly, be present. Make time to visit. All they really want to do is see their loved ones and feel the comfort of the people who are closest to them in their life. And she said, if you can't have them at home, then visit them that's fine. She said, we make time for recreation. We make time for exercise. We make time for things that are really important to us. So let's make time for those who gave life to us. My friend gave me some great advice when my dad was dying, and we were in the six weeks of hospice care that we shared together as a family. And um, she, her, she had had a parent die, her, her father actually before me. And she said, "Anne, no matter how many visits you get, you'll always wish for one more visit you'll always wish for one more visit. That's so true. Thirdly, is honor their final wishes. This is another one of those where you got to find out what they are if you want to honor them. That means you're going to have to ask. You're going to have to have those uncomfortable conversations. You're going to have to be with them long enough to pull that out of them. Then fourthly, allow them as much independence as they can safely handle. And we have a little rule of thumb because we've lived with mom for 20 years and she's a very capable woman. But we said, let her do as much as she can for as long as she can. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. So it's very important not to take things away from your parent, even if they're at um, the latter years. But my sister saw it in another way. She said, many uh, kids try to protect their uh, parents from different experiences, hoping that they can somehow um, help them get better and they won't die. So one of her examples for me was one daughter would not let her mom eat anything but pureed food, and which the mom thought looked like vomit, and she refused to eat because of it. And so uh, my sister knew that she liked ice cream. <laughs> and she talked the daughter into letting her mom have some ice cream something that she'd refused her on many occasions because it might not be good for her condition and the mom came alive it's not that she ate it she came alive she smiled memories came to her from having some ice cream so she said we selfishly want them to get better and protect them hoping they may never die So that is the point of allowing them as much independence as they can safely handle. And then fifthly, talk about the important stuff and give lots of physical expressions of love. Even people who are maybe, you felt like they were kind of cold fish, more stoic, um, in this end of life, end up being comforted immensely with physical touch. So stroking their forearms and their forehead and giving kisses and hugs and Expressing your love for them in those ways is so powerful. And as believers in Jesus, that's called the laying on of hands. And so we can actually do that and extend the power of God and his comfort given by the Holy Spirit to people. And so it's such a, a great thing to do. And then sixthly is to forgive. This is true all the way through, right? We've talked about it, but she shared a story of um, one of her, patients who was in despair because her kids wouldn't forgive her for a divorce earlier in her life. And when they came to visit her, they were still very bitter. And my, my sister was in the room when um, the mom asked the kids again if they would forgive her for that. And they refused. They said no. And she died with tears in her eyes and a lot of unnecessary anguish. And my sister said, I just can't imagine what kind of bondage those kids are in because they couldn't let go. They couldn't give that to God. So lastly is to sacrifice for our parents' good. It's the last expression of thank you that you can give. Our parents sacrifice so much for us, so many untold stories. And so a way we can say thank you to them is to do the same in their last days of their life. My dad, um, we got to go for six weeks. We all divided up. My kids were in fifth and sixth grade at this time. We lived in Bend, Oregon. We were 137 miles from Staten, where he lived. But we all decided that we would take time. My brother, who pastors a church in Spokane and has five kids at home, he came down. And he took. we took three days here, and then you take these days. Six, like I said, it's really handy, because we could split it all up. And my sister, Patty, kicked it all off, coming flying out from the East Coast, leaving her two daughters, who were still at home. All of us had really busy lives, but nothing was so important that we couldn't say thank you to our dad. So, sacrifice for their good. That brings us to the last thing, the promise and the benefits. And we just want to end with a reminder um, that God gives us and that my mom mentioned on the video, that life will go better for us if we honor our parents. And God wants life to go better for us. I want to mention a few benefits specifically that I've seen. First of all, the most important to me is it pleases God, right? Do do we really need more reason than that, that he said to do it? But sometimes it's helpful to think about those other things. So secondly, we gain perspective and wisdom of our elders when we maintain a relationship with our parents. We learn from their mistakes as well as the things they got right. Thirdly, your children will understand or know how to honor you Because believe me, they are watching you to see how you honor your parents. Fourthly, you'll avoid getting stuck. You will get stuck if you're like the children who can never forgive the divorce or never forgive that one time they said a regrettable thing to you or other things. Forgiveness is a huge, unchaining event across our lives. And fifthly, not unimportant, is that you'll have a happier life. So God promises us this, even when it's messy. Even when our family is messy, we can rely on Jesus to help us move forward in the most difficult circumstances. Now, I've told my story many times before, but you know that my family was messy, and the truth is most families have messy moments. But what Jesus taught me to do is to respect the position that my dad had in our family when his behavior was not respectable. I could respect his role. And that moved me ahead to his next act of amazing goodness, which he had at times as well. And the big deal is this. Jesus is absolutely radical about loving people. He loves us when we were at our worst. And he calls us to do that for our parents. Mark Twain said it well in this quote, there is only time for loving And but an instant for that. Would you pray with me? Just with our eyes closed, I just want to mention this, that we have a heavenly father. We have a parent, the creator of all of us, the father of all of us. And he asks us to honor him. That's an even higher commandment. And maybe today, that's your next best step. You want to step into a relationship with the God that we sang about and that Marley talked about, the one who loves you right now in your story. And that can start with a simple yes. Jesus, I don't get it all, but I know that you love me. I know that you came and you died on a cross for me and that there's forgiveness. And if you believe that today and you want to say yes to him and receive him, I just want to take a moment and acknowledge that. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and just look at me. I wouldn't want to miss that opportunity. He's a loving Father who cares about you, loves you through thick and thin. Is there anybody out there who would like to respond to him today who would like to say yes? Yeah, yeah, great decision, best decision of your life. Is there anyone else? I don't want to rush you. I'm not trying to cajole you. You know if God's speaking to you about that. And then let's pray together. Jesus, I pray for each one of us that this week, you would speak to us and remind us of what it is you're helping us to do in honoring our parents lord would you help us to be your kids and to be kids of our parents in a way that brings honor and glory to you and in a way that tells our parents they are loved they are appreciated they are worth more than we can say help us lord to make this an amazing week for all of our parents and our kids. In Jesus' name, amen.